This episode was recorded on July 26th, 2020. Our topic for today, TikTok. Story we want to talk about is OpenAI released the new version of their natural language AI text generator, or that's underselling it. New version of their NLP algorithms, effectively. The thing with this, the, the thing with this, I would say, is it's not a better natural language algorithm. It's not a better natural language system. It's an easier to use natural language system. So the thing with machine learning and the thing with AI in general is you have a very large labeled test set. And a lot of what the GPT series have been doing is self-labeling. Cool. That's a well-known technology or rather a well-known method. And the other challenging part of machine learning engineering is that it tends to be single purpose. That test group is trained to do a specific thing. This thing, GTP3, is more around the idea of uh, we'll do a lot of self-labeling data because there's just a large corpus of information across the internet, across uh, literature, across all these different types of things, and we'll apply it in a multitude of surfaces that also has equal literature and all these things. The, the model itself is no better, but it just draws from more sources and it, and it labels itself better, and thus it works for more broad-based services. Here's my question, though. Does this... We've, we've been talking about this trend in terms of machine learning engineering and AI in general. Does this get it move us to a point where the barrier of entry for doing things with machine learning, which has been decreased by Amazon, Microsoft, and Google, further gets decreased to the point which machine learning can be truly commoditized, and thus it's just a natural part of any type of development? What you're now saying is this trend is essentially making... NLP-based applications easier and more accessible for developers to use. So you're actually saying that developers are not at risk of losing their jobs, Michael. No, no, this is the idea that, but you're forgetting this, Johnny, which is the more accessible specific knowledge is, the cheaper it becomes. So there's a trend towards easier and more accessible NLP-based solutions. Hopefully, maybe soon, we can see some no-code solutions tying to our last story. And... Uh, we could see not just developers' ability to build NLP-based solutions easier, but also anybody. And that could definitely open up some a lot of very interesting doors. All right, Michael. I have another story, mostly to get your thoughts on this. All I'll right. This briefly, but so we know earlier in this month, I think it was around July 9th, uh, ICE came up with a law that, uh, that said for international students returning or starting in the fall if their company if their if their comp not their companies if their universities are offering only remote classes uh, they have to leave the states and can't enter like visas won't be issued and then of course uh you know uh harvard mit several states i think 17 18 states and a bunch of other universities file lawsuits so in the middle of that court hearing the government, instead of explaining, just rescinded that policy. And now they're back. And now they're back. I think it was month, it was Friday. I was reading that now what they, they've changed the policy to now say 
that for international students starting in the fall, so new international students starting uh, their freshman years, uh, they wouldn't be issued visas if their schools are fully remote. A lot of people come to want to study come to study in the states because it has you know the, a great education quality. But secondly, it's because also afterwards they can come and a lot of the opportunities have traditionally been in the states, right? Traditionally, uh, right now you're seeing the rise of China with what like the top ten startups in the world. Right. Majority of them a, are from China. You have uh, a lockdown have, anyways. We're talking about new students. You have a lockdown anyways. You're basically just talking about your first summer's internship. So if this lockdown persisted and it had longer than just this school year's impact, to be honest, I would just see a trend of this going towards schools that can do remote well, aka richer schools. They're the ones that get more applicants. The companies that can get you an intern visa for remote work does, uh, also does well. Uh, Chinese student immigrants probably get screwed because the Great Firewall makes it really hard for you to work overseas india likewise or areas of connectivity challenges certain parts of nigeria uh certain parts of india those are also highly uh what's it called highly impacted by this yeah it's hard to have like a zoom call for your class if your connectivity just doesn't support that level the power is out you don't got a zoom call yeah and there's brownouts that happen throughout a lot of developing nations right now and developed nations right now with larger populations Yep. Yep. So is there a larger, you know, bringing it back to tech, do you, do you see, I know for years people have, saying, have been saying, you know, Silicon Valley is on its way out. There's kind of an undoing. There's all these little Silicon mimics like Silicon Alley, Silicon Desert and what have you all around the world. But really part of the reasons that Silicon Valley has endured is that there's that network of people that come together and then when someone's successful or a group of people are successful, like the PayPal mafia, they come back out and they feed back to the ecosystem and they serve as mentors for the newer generation. And there's such a big pool from, of course, across the country, but also across the world. There's so many so international me, people that come in there, right? right. Is there a show me the better, that? Show me the better schools. Show me the better schools out. Show me the better, show me the better concentration of schools and network and companies to rival a Facebook, Google, Adobe, HP, Intel, Stanford, SJC, and uh, sorry, as uh, San Jose State. Oh, yeah, I don't, I, uh, San I, I Jose don't, State I don't think Berkeley. that's, this, this is not a question of quality, right? This is a question of if there's a lot of uncertainty in your ability to remain in a country post your education, and now there's uncertainty of whether you can even remain in the country while you're pursuing your education, mm -hmm. would you then be likely to not go to the states to pursue your education go elsewhere i would say this though which is if this is a long-term immigration policy change that was done outside of a pandemic then i would say there is long-term potential but outside of that again point me to you can't find this in china you can't find this in london you can't find this in france you can't find this oh, in no, Nigeria, no, you can't you know Absolutely. you can't find this in canada you can't even find this in other places in the united states because the list I rattled off, yes, I can go give you MIT, Harvard, UMass Amherst, uh, Boston, uh, BU, BC, and I can name you the, the Cambridge, Massachusetts area or the Boston area that has all of those great universities, but I can't name you the companies that also can provide that ecosystem. That's why they come over here.
or that's why we came over here. This will inconvenience a bunch of bright young minds, but it won't have any long-term lasting impact. Okay, valid point, valid point. But oh. yes, speaking of international companies and speaking of American, American policy changes and tensions between America and China, we have a very interesting company to talk about uh, this week. So we're going to be talking about TikTok and a little bit broader ByteDance. Of course, TikTok is, it's the short, how would you describe it? It's the short term video, internet meme, time sync, Gen Z sharing platform, if you will. It's not really social media. How would you describe it, Johnny? All right. All right. So a little history of ByteDance which is the parent company of TikTok and as well as the other service they produce, which I probably can also pronounce, Tao Tiao. Michael's going to laugh at me. Anyways, Sang Yiming is the founder of ByteDance, which is the parent company for TikTok and uh, Tao Tiao news app. So a little bit about him is that in 2006, he became the fifth, employee and the first engineer at the travel website Cookson. Uh, and then a year later, he was promoted to technical director. Uh, two years later, in 2008, he left Cookson for Microsoft. But he felt stifled by Microsoft's corporate rules and he didn't stay too long at Microsoft. He actually joined another startup called Fanfo, which eventually failed. So in 2009, he took over Cookson's real estate search business as it was about to be acquired by Expedia and starting his first company, 99fang.com. In 2011, uh, so, you know, he's been running his, uh, his company, 99fang, which I'm not quite sure what it actually did. Uh, he started to notice a user migration from computers to smartphones. And in 2012, he hired a professional manager to take over as CEO 99fang and quit the company start by dance. So, one of his observations was that he thought that Chinese smartphone users were struggling to find information in mobile apps in 2012, and that the search giant was mixing search results with undisclosed advertising, kind of like what Google's doing now, or has been doing for a while. Anyways, his vision was to push relevant content to users using recommendations generated by artificial intelligence. And in August 2012, ByteDance launched the Tao Tiao News app, which within two years attracted more than 13 million daily users. And then of course, in 2015, it launched its video sharing app, TikTok, with very little fanfare. However, the product was an instant hit with millennials and became popular worldwide. And then in, in 2018, with more than a billion users across its mobile apps, ByteDance is valued at 75 billion uh, US dollars which at the time it surpassed Uber to become the most valuable startup in, in the world. I think that's a little story. Uh, that's a little of the history of the founder and a little bit about ByteDance. So let's get into TikTok, right? So in September, 2016, so this is interesting. So maybe there's a conflict in here, but in September, 2016, at least from the TikTok Wikipedia page, in, uh, in September, ByteDance launched Douyin in China originally under the name A.me. Douyin was developed in 200 days and within a year had 100 million users with more than a billion videos viewed every day. 
So it's kind of a, it was a video social media uh, platform. And then in 2017, September, TikTok was launching the international market. I like this because the founder actually said this, China is home to only one fifth of internet users globally. If we don't expand on a global scale, we are bound to lose to peers eyeing the four fifth. So going global is a must. And hence that was the motivation for putting a global version of the Chinese based Douyin out there. And that's where TikTok was launched. And then in November, ByteDance actually purchased Musical.ly, which is a social media video platform that allowed users to create short lip sync and comedy videos initially, which, and it itself was initially launched in August, 2014. ByteDance purchased it for a billion dollars. Musical.ly was, was really well known to the younger audience, the, the younger, the millennials, and then the Gen Z, as, as we would say. As 1.5 billion users now, I believe. Yeah, that's, that's a lot. And then that's an extreme amount. What is what is Facebook? Three billion? Yep. So it's half of uh, Facebook. This has half of Facebook and half the time. Yes. So that's a little bit of the history of ByteDance, its founder, and TikTok. So, Michael, you said you downloaded TikTok. What has been your experience and what what have what has been your takeaway from using it for the past week? So if we look at the ByteDance suite of products, they have Dalying, which is just the, the Chinese version of TikTok. So they separate out the data in terms of where TikTok is stored and where Dalying stores its information. And in fact, I tried to use TikTok in China. I actually couldn't connect in China. So then there is wait, told wait, you out. what? So wait. They have a separate Chinese version of TikTok that's separate from American TikTok. That's how they keep the data and all that separate. Oh, okay. It is actually, we should talk about that because actually that's something that other companies aren't willing to do. We'll, do, we'll get to that in a minute though. Sure. And then it has sure. Toutiao, which of course is the, it's literally it translates to headline, by the way, in, in Chinese. And it's just a, a news aggregator. aggregator it's yeah. an AI news aggregator slash explainer system. There's of course TikTok, there's Shigua video, which is basically the, it's that funny name there is translates to watermelon video. And it's actually just the video format for a Toltale. And then there's Ella, which is, or Hello, which is released in India, though it may or may not be still banned right now. I'm not sure if all of ByteDance products were banned or just TikTok. And it is one of India's biggest social media platforms. There's Lark, which is in Japan and Singapore, and they're a collaboration tool similar to Google. And then there's Babe, which is Indonesia's version of Toltia and their, uh, their way of news and entertainment and aggregator. But as look through all of these interesting products that they have, in terms of what makes them successful, there's something that underlines all of them, Johnny, and it relates to our news of the week. AI and NLP? Yes, AI. Recommendation. With TikTok, it just seems like when you're playing a video, automatically another one shows up and automatically another one shows up at the end of that video. So there's no, it it doesn't give you that fatigue of like, you know, Netflix, you can scroll up and down or on YouTube, scroll up and down. There's so many options, but then you- No analysis, like, I don't paralysis. Know. Exactly. There's just another video, another video, another video based, I guess, on the metadata and the content. Was that your experience? Like, do you agree with that? Or I think it's this though, which is, it's not, is it just AI? No, but AI is, there's something special about, about their AI. I would say for sure about their application or usage of it, but there's a few things. 
So let's look at the product without the underlying technology. What is the product? The product is an evolution of stuff we talked about back in grad school. Combine video with music or video with sound. And we saw this with Snap Stories and IG Stories, but they go differently in this, which is they're effectively a meme machine is how I would describe it, a video meme machine. So they have features, for example, and this is how you know the you know the really silly Drake in my feelings dance where people were getting out of their cars and getting hit by cars because they're trying to dance while they were ghost riding the car. Um, and yeah, I don't know. Yeah, I don't, don't. Please, please tell me you didn't do that. Why would I ever do that? First off, no one will ever see me dancing. Second off, why would I do that? Uh, but there's a feature of TikTok which you see one video, okay? You see what song is played on that video, and then you can use it immediately to record your own video. Where else do you see that? MemeGenerator.com, right? You see a format, you copy it over, you apply your thing to it, and boom, you have a meme. It's video memes in terms of just a product. There's something about this recommendation system that just makes it super, very much a time sink. So I describe it as this. It's it's not at all like how we grew up with entertainment. This is not the television model because the television model is categorical. The search in TikTok is basically useless. I've more or less determined. Like I, I thought I would go into this product and use it like a YouTube. Let me search for something I'm interested in. Let me, let me find some topic. That's, it's basically useless. The, the, the search is useless to me. Instead, what it's really good at is giving me video after video after video after video that I will enjoy, though I could not tell you what like string of relativity those videos have. I would call it like it is relevance without relativity. It's not like it just goes into a particular topic or it's always the same meme. The moment, the thing that you said before, it doesn't fatigue me because it keeps giving me something that I would like. And sometimes, yes, I'll see the same meme over and over again, uh, but never back to back usually. And it just, it keeps me in the app because it's just so easy to go to the next video and the next video and the next video. And it's, it has that stickiness in so far that it's really hard for me to describe why I'm spending my time here or why this video is enjoyable there's something about this relevance engine underneath it that makes it such an effective time sink of a product. And it's really, really hard to explain it in comparison to any other product of any other video model, because I would say that all the other video models are categorized, choice-based, network television or cable network television type models. What do you think of the competitive landscape? Is there anything that could potentially rival TikTok? Well, Is there a potential uh, competitor, Facebook, and uh, what's it called? Facebook is trying, right? With Instagram Reels, well, just came okay, out. yes, okay, they're they're trying, yes, and I know we've mentioned that before, and I think the conclusion was unless there's some U.S.-based ban on TikTok that would force people to go look for for an alternative. Or, you know, the creator is going to be persuaded to, to be moved out of TikTok. The same way, like, in the streaming space with, with Twitch 
Microsoft's Mixer, Facebook gaming, YouTube gaming, he started finding over talent. Something like that could potentially happen, but it seems unlikely. But outside of that, do you think, so basically today there is no current competitor. Yes. I wouldn't say there is, there's a, there, I would not say there's an obvious competitor for this type of format. Let me ask two questions. One product side, one in terms of uh, what's it called? One in terms of now competitive format. You know what would have been a competitor? Vine would have been a competitor. Vine was not overly different. It was more restrictive, six seconds or less. It didn't ha quite have the monetization model, but this TikTok's monetization model is not revolutionary. Sticker packs and different types of, of pricing, uh, different types of ways to spend money on the platform. Twitter could not make Vine work, monetarily speaking. So I had to shut it down. Yet TikTok has made it work. So a question I have on there is why? Is it just scale? Is it just that it could acquire so many people? Was that really the only difference between Vine being successful or being alive still and TikTok being where it is now? I'd say part of that is yes. I don't know if Vine ever got the number of users that, you know, even a fraction of the users that uh, TikTok has, but, and, you know, there might've been various reasons why it was shut down, but I do know around that time when it was shut down, there was a lot of more creative people that were upset by that decision. You know, the short form video format inspired a lot of it's creativity. creativity. Yeah. Right. And that's what you're seeing with TikTok, right? Some of these really short videos and advertisements I see of people dancing. Uh, I think uh, Old Country Road was one song that became really popular. Old Town, Old Town Road, Johnny. Old Town Road. There you go. Vine at its peak had 200 million users. And it was shut down? Yeah. Yeah, 200 million users. So in terms of TikTok's success, in terms of the competitive space we were talking about before, is it just that the one competitor could have had shot itself in the foot by getting acquired by Twitter? That's pretty much what it sounds like. So again, you'd have to go back and figure out what went wrong. And maybe that would be a deeper dive to do for a future episode. But coming back to TikTok, right? Um, I think it's longer than six seconds might've helped it. It's use of, of allows you to put ads. What's that? Allows more engagement when it's longer than six seconds. Exactly. And then also it's ability for people, the way that people use it was to like recreate certain, the certain themes or certain scenes or just or playing to some music and mm -hmm. yeah. And posting it up there. Right along with its format of, hey, I'm not going to give you analysis paralysis. I'm just going to keep loading the next relevant video based on what you're watching and what you've watched. And so that you keep going down. I'd say like, it's almost like a better newsfeed if you think about it, right? So, mm, okay. Because with newsfeed, it's text. You and of course, to, this, and like, of course, this company started with a news product. Exactly. But with the newsfeed or even Instagram feed, it requires you to keep scrolling. Now I know it sounds really simplistic, 
But really think about it. The tech industry is obsessed with reducing friction. And what greater friction can there be than requiring the users to actually do something to see more content? With TikTok, you don't have to do anything, right? Uh, video keeps going, finishes, yeah, I mean, the there's moment, another video, there's another video. The moment you I open think, the app, it starts playing. And then yep. it, just, it just keeps going. There's no friction from the user except just opening the app, right? And hopefully with, you know, it's AI algorithms, it's able to, to point to really interesting content for you. In addition, the whole, as you watch something, you can react. It's, as you've said, it's a video meme generator, right? Mm -hmm. So you now have the perfect port addictive portal to all these video memes are being generated. And so it just keeps going and going and going. This reminds me of something. Remember when Snapchat first came out before its big redesign, but after its first redesign in like the early 2010s. And uh -huh. people were saying its UI is for millennials because you know you remember you had to if you swipe there, there was no instructions there was no hamburger button or anything for you to figure out what to do you had to swipe left and that would get you to one thing if you swipe right if you swipe up it's like if you if you gave it the idea was that if you gave it to someone who was not used to mobile centric uh user interfaces they'd be like what in the world is this uh, how do you use this product uh, wherein think about TikTok now we see people of all generations produce stuff on this because I would say that it made it even simpler to in terms of a mobile interface. It's just basically, it's just up and down. It's just yeah. up and down. That's it. Because as yeah. you were saying, it's basically a newsfeed. Yeah. A better newsfeed. Mm-hmm. A better, well, a better feed, I should say, because newsfeed is specific to Facebook, but feed is like, you know, you have the Instagram feed, you have the Twitter feed, you have the Facebook feed, all of these feeds, they require you to scroll up and down. Of course, that's all, that was already addictive, but now imagine you don't need to scroll anymore. It just gives you six to 10 seconds or whatever the length of the video is to watch and keeps going and keeps going. Now, here's a question. Here's a question. Do, okay, maybe some of these companies don't have to go into, into directly into TikTok space, but do you see that these companies could potentially adopt their feed or do they say one of the successes of TikTok is this automatic feed that then we will adapt to? So then if you go to like an Instagram, you no longer need to scroll. It will just keep playing uh, pictures, videos, what have you that keeps showing. And then in between it, it shows advertisements. So let me do you ask think they will follow this model of right. what TikTok has kind of pioneered? Let me ask this question, um, which is, why didn't MySpace copy Newsfeed? Or it did, rather. But why wasn't its copying of Newsfeed successful? That I don't know. It was too late. Facebook sure, already got but, into a couple hundred million users at that point. But, but my, sure, sure. But like my Snap has, Snap, when stories came over from Snap, Snap yeah. had no, gotten nowhere near close to the number of users TikTok has. No, sure. I, so I don't. I, so again, I'm not seeing it as a. I'm not suggesting this as a way for them to compete directly with TikTok. But could they adopt this new format, this new feed, and but the question, up, or do you think they just? The question just, will be why. But the question is, it goes two ways on that one, which is you need content. So why would I do it on Instagram? Why would I do it on Facebook? You could clone the. I, I know I've never used Reels because it's only in Brazil right like right now. But you could clone the app for, uh, what's it called, for TikTok, put it in IG, 
why would I come and make content on that? Mm -hmm. I see. Well, no, no, but like, so, so, okay. So this is where you're misunderstanding. I'm not saying. So do you mean your, do you mean the ongoing feed of just, uh, of what's it called? Yes, exactly. Right. Because all these guys already have content. But you, you're now breaking the model of which I'm used to your product. Your product, your product has defined what it is already. And is this scrolling large picture, very neat, very clean, big. So if you, if you think about in your mind, the picture of what IG is, it's that grid. It's a four by four, however, five by five grid of pictures and some videos. And then you go into profiles, there's more grids. There's people you follow and more grids. If you think about it in Facebook, in your mind, it's a stream of tiles. These companies have defined what their product is. So then what should be the, what's our expectation that they can fundamentally change this in a way that these companies will even have the daring to do so. That's why Instagram has to introduce reels as a separate feature. It's not their main feed. Right. Okay. That makes sense. That makes sense. So, so but clearly of, we, mm-hmm. go on. No, no, I was just saying we can clearly agree that this new feed format is pretty fascinating, but agreed that not every company is, is able to adopt it. That's, that's competitors, but I don't think we can talk about ByteDance and TikTok without talking about some of the non-business competitors and headwinds it has, mainly in the lines of multiple countries trying to ban the heck out of this product. India has banned TikTok due to a, dis, due to a dispute with China, and America is considering heavy restrictions onto the TikTok product, if not an outright ban, even though, as we've discussed before, that may be challenging for it to initiate. TikTok, actually, I realize in our, in our research, actually has been banned from India a few times uh, in, terms of, in terms of the security concerns that are involved with it. So we've talked about this story when we talked about the ban before in terms of TikTok. But in terms of looking at the future of the company, now for ByteDance and TikTok, do we feel that, what do we think that they need to do? Because there's talks right now of sale, of selling, of breaking off the American, tic- uh, breaking off the TikTok product into their own independent company, uh, IPOing or IPOing that independently, separating that from the Chinese company. It's like, what, what, did this, what does this company need to do in the future to keep its growth and to continue to be successful? I mean, what is it that it can do, right? It seems to have uh, a China problem, right? And whether it's right or wrong, that's the perception, right? So does it remove itself completely from from China and move to the U.S.? Um, like you mentioned earlier, like the data is separated. Sure, data is separated, but the but Chinese government can still get to those, get to that data right now. Sure. Because right? so in, in China, the, in the China, the government can go request data from any company that's owned in China or, or any Chinese company, and they have to give it. So let's do this then. Let's say this. Could ByteDance split up? Well, they're already separate, right? Dion is for China, TikTok's for the rest of the world. So could TikTok be bought by one of these American giants? Uh, American government would never allow it. Why? That's a monopoly. It's... It's well, even if you don't, even if you just count the American users, actually. So I don't know how to separate the Dalian users from the TikTok users. Let's make a overbroad assumption 
that the TikTok user through the TikTok total users is somewhere in the hundreds of millions, definitely in the hundreds of millions. That would be like Facebook. Imagine Facebook buying Twitter. American government would not allow that. Okay, so then is the alternative for for ByteDance to spin off TikTok and for TikTok to move to being a U.S. headquartered company? Right, they already have a U.S. based CEO running it. I'm just saying because like the, already Dion and TikTok are separate. Dion is for China, TikTok for the rest of the world. So then if for, you further but for move TikTok as a company, but for ByteDance uh-huh. as a company, is that a smart thing? Would it be smarter just to give up America? If you ban a app that is super popular, and that's where a lot of these memes are being generated, a lot of these conversations in social media is happening, a lot of these conversations and what have you are happening, then the ban, I mean, at least in the States, it seems to be attracting more people to go check out what is this TikTok thing. And then as you mentioned, it ban can be just, at the end of the day, just a temporary thing. But if you had an unpopular app, you would die because you wouldn't have any usage right but the fact that you still like it, even if there's a ban people will always find a way around whether it's through the use of vpns uh what have you right so people have been finding their ways around these restrictions that have been put in place so what i'm what i'm saying is that because of its uh user base and the you know we already discussed the likelihood that none of these companies can really copy uh, what tiktok has done and make it their main future and attraction is it possible that TikTok will just continue to grow and be as popular as it has been so far? And that there really isn't, at least for now, a real direct threat to its user base. Is this, does this become like a white Coke situation? And what I mean okay. by that is a white Coke. So in the post-World War II Cold War era, the Soviet Union, of course, wanted to cut itself off from all forms of Western influences. And therefore, they pushed a lot of their... Now, if you think about Western influences, that includes all of Western media. Sure, that's the easy one. But all the Western brands and foods, too, they wanted to cut off from. So they pushed a lot of individual Soviet companies to try to produce a, a competitor to these Western companies within their own borders. A great famous one of these situations where they kept trying to make a Soviet competitor to Coca-Cola. And it took them years and years and years, and I, I don't remember the names of all the different ones that they tried, but after a while, it became that, uh, what's it called? It became that they realized they could not make one that even their own generals and people with political influence within the Soviet Union wanted instead of Coca-Cola. So they actually made several deals with Coca-Cola and PepsiCo to import kind of shadily Coca-Cola into the Soviet Union, one time using making a trade of warships for PepsiCo. And one of the products that made it into the, that Coca-Cola made for the Soviet Union was, was a clear version of Coca-Cola called White Coke. see so could this be i was gonna say could we see american industry saying go beat these companies we'll fund you to go beat these companies could we see that 
this is not a great comparison here. I'm sorry, this is not a flattering comparison here because now we're the Soviet Union and we all know how that one ended out. But <laughs> could we see that, which is com compete through government-backed initiatives? Like Instagram, go create a product. We'll give you a bunch of money. Go create a product to beat down, uh, to beat down TikTok. It's like Google, we'll give you a bunch of money. Go make a product to beat down Baidu. Uh, Amazon, Alibaba, so on and so forth. I can't, I don't see that's the culture of America. That's not our no. campus culture. No, it's not campus culture. But again, it also goes back to that. Just because you build a product doesn't mean users will come, right? Unless you're talking about features of a killer product and how it could one-up TikTok, it doesn't, it almost doesn't feel like it really matters. Like Google can come in and announce their own thing, but Google tried to get into Facebook space and we know how, successful google is with social first, media yeah the companies first want to compete against each other before they want to compete they you know they just they're all multinational companies to begin with they just see tiktok as another competitor yeah just as they see each other as different competitors indeed indeed okay so i think uh it sounds like what we're saying is that tiktok will remain popular the ban could potentially have some impact on it, but it, the larger impact on it is if any of these companies can come up and one up TikTok. Um, a lot of these bans, like the India one, are more temporary until the political conversation goes back and the situation gets better between India and China. Um, and you know, we'll follow up on the story: is Instagram uh, Reels is coming to US in August first, and we'll see what that adoption is. Of course, it helps that it's within the Instagram app and that is its own separate app, if I'm not mistaken. So it'll be interesting to see how uh, that fares and uh, yeah, to see what else is coming out in the, in the ecosystem. All right. Michael, so shall we move to Rich Tech, Poor Tech? Yes, Rich Tech, Poor Tech of TikTok. This one should be interesting to see what we come it, up with with this. It's still a private company, right? Yes. So... Yeah, still a private company. So first, Johnny, let's talk about the pillars of rich tech, poor tech. Let's talk about the industry and let's talk about the product. So what industry is TikTok in? Social media and entertainment. I think it's, I'm not even sure if, so sure if it's a social media product to be honest, but it's definitely entertainment. Yeah, yeah then I'd say entertainment. And then the product, well, the product is, allows anyone, it's a democratization of entertainment, just as other social media companies have been, just as YouTube is, just as all these other companies are. But, uh, but overall, it's entertainment and ad space. I would consider that rich tech from, uh, that, from that vector. Yep, agreed. All right, so employees now, knowing that, we don't know much about working in tech in China, but employees, this is a nine, nine, six, nine, nine, six. How is that a big, how is that a big deal? When in Silicon Valley, people are going 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, every single day of the week. Yeah. I do kind of find it funny that Chinese companies are raised for this one. You know, Silicon Valley is just as bad, just as bad. Um, well, but yeah, so it's specifically, it's a Huawei thing, but yes, employees. What type of labor does it depend on? Software engineers. Yes. Machine learning software engineers, in fact. Yes. 
and at least does it depend on unpaid labor at least not from what i've observed not i would say probably not that we can find out yes i mean they probably have moderators they definitely have moderators too because definitely in the china product they're they're much more censored but that's it's yeah they probably have moderators but they're definitely paid yeah um is it manual labor i don't think nope that would be a no um, All right. And do they have upwards mobility? Well, the guy who founded the company is, uh, is not overly special in himself. He, uh, he was a former Microsoft employee. He kind of created it from the, the startup, uh, for the startup dream. So I would say that probably upwards mobility does exist at these companies. Yep. And then at the very, least, benefits. At the very least, you would think that the new American branch has the same type of capitalistic upwards mobility that you would see in other American companies. Yep. And then we have wages and benefits, probably typical of a tech company. Probably typical of a tech company in China and in America, typical of a tech company in Los Angeles. Yep. Yep. All right. And customers. So as a consumer quickly on that one, uh, what's it called? uh Rich tech again. What's that? So the quickly on employee also rich tech. Oh, yes, yes, yes. So definitely rich tech for employees slash labor. And uh, customers, Michael, as a consumer, can you gain wealth from it? Am, am I the creator? Am I the influencer? This is, it's kind of like, I feel like if we, by doing TikTok, we never need to do Instagram, to be honest, because it's almost the same. As, an, yeah. as, an, as a consumer, if I create and become an influencer, I can get, I could probably get some, uh, some notoriety but apparently tiktok doesn't pay them so people have had to make deals outside of tiktok i think recently tiktok uh, announced a 200 million dollar fund or to help fund their creators so right it does it doesn't it doesn't seem that at least directly you're able to gain wealth from it Uh, up till now true yeah directly directly i could see that right but indirectly obviously is your uh, a few of the top TikTok folks have uh, even recently made deals off of TikTok's platform. So yep. that seems to be the, the trend. Yeah, and it's then, fame. You know, it's, the, it's a fame builder. It's a fame and notoriety builders thusly so you can get endorsements uh, based off of that fame. So it's, it's yep. indirect wealth generation. Yes. Then how about society? Then, does it, who does it generate wealth for directly? Well, it doesn't generate wealth for its creators. Its consumers yeah. uh, gain entertainment that they can share, so it enriches their experience and their lives, if you will. Um, and then, I, who does it generate wealth for? Its founders, uh, its founder, its employees, advertisers, advertisers. Actually, you can ge- sorry, you can generate wealth directly because you can sell like sticker packs and stuff like that. Oh, okay, mm-hmm. fair enough. But still, in ter- terms of the larger society, thing. right. So in terms of larger society, I would argue it's uh, poor tech because even that yes. argument is more for its uh, creators. Right? Yes. Yep. So, so all but, right. So we have product and industry, rich tech, employee, rich tech, and then uh, wealth generator, customers. poor tech. Yep. So finally, what's your verdict? TikTok, rich tech or poor tech? Uh, definitely rich tech. Definitely rich tech. Yeah. Yeah, I'd say so as well. Definitely rich tech. All right. Verdict in. 
TikTok goes under the Rich Tech banner. All right, then, before we wrap up, any ideas of the week, Johnny? I'm just thinking, how would you take out a company like Twitch? How would you take out a company like TikTok? Johnny, Johnny, let's put it this way. Our, uh, our combined North American governments come to us and say, uh, and say we, we are empowering you to form a team. Your one goal, infinite funds, your one goal and one goal only to create a product that organically can take down TikTok. What would you do? You can't just spend all the funds in advertising and user acquisition. What? Okay, okay. You know what I would do? I, I, I would I would take the money and then I would go on vacation. You would defect. Johnny would defect. Haha, <laughs> 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 we got you. This is a I know. the whole t- this was your Canadian citizenship test, test, Johnny. We got you. Yeah. I'd go to the Caribbean and I'd go on a cruise. Because I'd be like, this is the only time the government's going to give me money to do anything. I might as well enjoy it. Uh, it's, it's, on a serious note, I don't know how you could take out a company like TikTok. You either have to have some of the perspectives in there. Maybe you have to speak to... Well, this prompts a, question, a different question. What are some of TikTok's short, current shortcomings? Because you can only capitalize on their shortcomings, right? If you're not going to have a ban, which seems just so unlikely, it's just not the way... Uh, the U.S. is typically operated, um, and like so, the only way to do that is if you. I don't think. What speak, I was about to say. I don't capitalize think on can, his shortcomings. I don't think this what is going to capitalize on shortcomings situation because that will only allow you to make another TikTok. Okay. My question would be, my thought would be this, which is, it'll allow you to make another TikTok, and as we've seen. With these social media companies at scale, their shortcomings are not that are, are not that painful anymore, because they have such built they have such a built-in entrenchment. So I don't think you make a separate. I don't think you attack where TikTok is weak, because that will only ever get you to be a better TikTok, but not better enough that TikTok users will come to you. I think you have to do what Facebook did to MySpace, which is you have to do more. You have to make their main feature a feature that is not your main feature, but you have a main feature that's even better than their feature, and it encompasses it. So Facebook encompassed MySpace in what they did. If you're to take out TikTok, you have to encompass what they do in something bigger. Michael, so see, this is the part of the program where we say that Our goal is really to consult for the future social media based companies. So it's not in our interest to reveal the secrets that we have Uh, acquired from our research. Of course. Yes. Yes. All that research, all that research we did all so many plants. We, we have all the plants, the best plants. They're, they're beautiful plants. Uh, We, we are, we got the best people ourselves, in fact, working on these plants. And uh, these plants are so great that, you know what, we, we can't just, we unfortunately can't just give them away on the podcast as, as much as we'd love to. It, it would be too sophisticated for the media that is podcasting. Uh, we, we would need more than, uh, than just what podcasting can, can give us or can allow yes. us uh, in order yes. to share these amazing, wonderful, uh, game-changing, game-changing plans, the best plans. 
absolutely. On a serious note, this might be anti ideas of the week, but I generally think that, you know, TikTok is in the social media business and no amount of government funding is going to help you in the social media business. Consumer tech, especially social media is very finicky. Uh, unless you're bringing something totally new to the table, like TikTok did and caters specific, really excited and passionate group that are the gen gen z's and the younger millennials it's just money doesn't help right like there's no more take, funding into social media because the facebook let me take the one mary let me take okay one, hey, all right this. go for it what if go another streaming what if another streaming company did this what if a streaming company went after this space Well, that's what I was actually thinking. Like even earlier, I was like, Quibi and TikTok seem to share some similarities in their focus on short-term videos, short-form videos. Mm -hmm. But eh, that's a stretch. Now, this may be as as difficult, if not even more difficult, of course, than uh, try to take on TikTok. But if you have to hail Mary something, you have to moonshot something. What if that? I think. What if that was the key, which is go after not TikTok, but go after all video consumption on the internet, and do what? And then put it into your system. Basically, no one. So, to some extent, no more YouTube, no more Netflix, no more Quibi. One system, one product that comes and takes it all over. I'm not saying this is possible. This may be infinitely harder so, so, than just trying to no, take no, on Mike, TikTok Michael, directly. I know it's really easy. You go back to the to the to the age of the television. I see. There's something to that. We're going back to the past. There's something to that. I mean, the television model worked for decades. Yep. Yep. Um, although I did have an idea, I would now take the 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 government money, the US government, the Canadian government, and then I would create a TikTok clone and make it be based on AWS in North America. And that would guarantee me success. I was gonna say, we went through this entire episode without mentioning AWS once. Once. And this, this is what you do at the very end. Because you have to, it's just your last, basically, this is a stoppage time. You basically get your goal in at stoppage time. Yes. Winning. Winning. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. All right. All right. Well, then. So if we end up getting a whole bunch of money from North American governments in order to take out TikTok, then uh, they know who to come to. And uh, with that, you've been listening to another episode of the Silicon Trail. Have a great week. Stay safe out there.